0: thank you so much for Christmas. Thank you for sending Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Thank you for allowing us to meet in your name. Lord, we ask in this busy time that you would cause almost time to stand still as we reflect upon all Jesus has done for us, what you have demonstrated in sending him as a Savior, a sacrifice for our sin, and the new life that we have through you. Lord, we ask that you would shine your light a light of your word into our hearts today that we'd understand what you're saying and that we would learn from it and praise you and honor you as you deserve, in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the Christmas traditions I had growing up was going to some over-the-top light displays uh, in the area. And where our house was situated, there was a a mountain in the distance, and from Thanksgiving Day to New Year's Day, there would be, I don't know if it was 100 feet tall, but it was a massive star that would be illuminated with lights. And it's just something that you look up and you just see. And I got used to it as a kid. And uh, I remember putting the lights on the house as well. And uh, it was a bit harrowing when I was old enough to do the second story and lay on your stomach and feel like your clothes were the only thing keeping you from just sliding headlong to the ground. But uh, lights, of course, much more than a festive decoration, they are very practical, they're useful. We we use them all the time, we don't really think about their significance. So we're going to talk about Christmas light today, what that really is, how lights grab our attention. Think of emergency signs or uh, lights that guide, like an airplane that's going to land and there's those lights, so it can see where it should be. Uh, we can indicate or send a message with lights when you're uh, switching lanes. You you indicate, and that flashing light, it's giving a message that you plan to merge over. Uh, it drives away the darkness. It allows us to see and do a whole lot of things, like read or um, do work. And that's what Jesus has done. He's done all those things for us. And we have to go back till the beginning when God said into a dark world where there was only a void and darkness he said let there be light and there was light and God did not need the the sun to illuminate because in him is light there's no darkness at all he caused the sun to give light by day the moon by night the stars as well and he created man on the 6th day breathed into him a living soul and created him with the purpose to know God and to glorify him forever but sadly adam rebelled against god he was cast away Uh, the the sun continued to shine the moon still ran its course in the heavens but man was plunged into spiritual darkness he was cut off from god because of sin there was no death on earth until sin came but god not willing that man should perish he sent his son jesus christ the light of the world and that's what we celebrate on christmas so I'm going to be going through just a, a few different passages. The first in John 1, 1 through 5. Um, and so if you can jump around a bit if you'd like. So John 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Think of someone just waking up and having a bright light shined in their eyes, and you really can't see anything. It says the light shone in the darkness, and man didn't perceive it. He didn't understand what it meant, the significance in it of it. And Jesus came as a light in the world about 2,000 years ago. And it's pretty phenomenal that we're still talking about it now. That's how significant it is. Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she would bear a son and he would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, when Joseph, who was betrothed to Mary, found out about this, knowing he wasn't the father, he wondered about how he could avoid scandal and put her away secretly. But it says in Matthew 1, verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, and that he would save his people from their sins. God did the unthinkable of coming to earth as a human being. It's like he was clothed in what he created. He came as a man to be the light of the world. Now, shortly before Mary was due to give birth, Joseph was summoned to a Roman census. Everyone was going to be taxed and counted, And so they went to Bethlehem, his hometown. And while they were there, Mary gave birth to Jesus. And it says they laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. So if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8, we'll read of one of the first major birth announcements of Jesus. And it's interesting to me that they occur at night. When I send out a birth announcement for my kids, I don't I don't know exactly what people do these days. It's been a little while since I've had a an infant in the house, a newborn, but it would be common to send letters. Or I remember growing up and we'd get these pink or blue cigars made out of bubble gum, and they tasted horrible. They kind of the, the kids can have those, but it was just a symbol of it's a boy or it's a girl. And instead of giving someone like a cigar to smoke. There's a little bit more, uh, I guess, proper to send out these little gifts. But lights are brightest when? At night. That's when lights are brightest. We would never go to the the uh, over-the-top light displays during the day. It was always after dark. That's when they would shine bright. And that's when God saw fit to announce Jesus coming to this earth. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger." So some common shepherds are out in the fields. They're watching their flocks by night. It's probably pretty low-key, not a lot going on. And suddenly, there's this angel in bright clothing, just the glory of God, it says, telling them, hey, don't be afraid, because they were afraid. There's this child that's been born. And you'll know that it's the child because he's going to be in an odd place. He's going to be lying in a manger, wrapped in clothes, wrapped in the swaddling cloth. And so then suddenly there's this host of angels praising God, giving glory to God. I wonder if anyone else saw that. There were people, you know, that kind of, they heard some singing, they saw some light outside the window, and kind of just went, oh, what's that? Ugh, and kind of rolled over, went to bed. Well, the shepherds didn't do that. They said, let's, let's now go and see what God's made known to us. And so they went, and they found it just as God said, And you can count on that. When God says something, He is telling the truth. Now, the second birth announcement actually came long before the birth of Christ. But the arrival of the Magi, these wise men, these uh, astronomers or magicians, they came from the East. We sing the song about the three wise men. Well, we don't know how many there were. Uh, The Bible doesn't tell us. But we know that they came From the east, we read this in Matthew 2, starting in verse 1, if you'll turn there. Now, the Bible doesn't say how they knew this star was significant. There's different ideas of how they knew. But they were convinced that it was so significant they came a great distance to follow this star because it heralded a king. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So here are these foreigners coming a long distance, having seen a star. They recognized the significance of it, that a king of the Jews was being born, and they came all this distance to Jerusalem where it appears the trail went a bit cold, they begin to talk to Herod. Now, Herod, he was an Edomite. He wasn't a Jew, and yet he was king in Jerusalem. And so he was very troubled with the thought that there was a king of the Jews who had been born. And so he inquired of the Jews, the, the chief priests and scribes, what does the law say? Where will the next king come from? And they said, oh, in Bethlehem. That's where the king will be born. And so he directed the wise men to go to Bethlehem to report to him because he wanted to worship the child as well. Now, we know that he had murderous intentions. He had no desire to worship him, but he saw it as a potential threat against his throne. A man who killed his own family to retain the throne, he was not going to let a child uh, take the throne to himself. So Matthew 2, 9 through 11 So they see the star shining in the heavens and they rejoice, it says, with exceedingly great joy. Stars are seen best at night, not during the day. And they found this child, a toddler by this point, it says, in the house. So he wasn't in a manger anymore. He was in the house and they worshipped him. They presented him gifts worthy of royalty, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, embalming fluid. It's a bit of a different kind of gift to give to a child. But we know that Jesus, he came with the purpose of dying as a sacrifice for sin, that he could be a savior. Jesus grew from a child into a man. There was nothing ordinary about him. He may have appeared ordinary uh, in his looks, but he said and did things that were supernatural that were extraordinary he claimed to be the son of god the one who when lifted up would draw all people to himself he opened eyes of the blind he raised uh, those who had uh, were lame they were able to walk he fed people with five loaves and two fish he cleansed lepers with a touch of his hand he even raised the dead and all these things accompanied his claims that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. There was one occasion where He went up on a mountain and brought two of His, three of His disciples with Him. And it says that He was transfigured before His eyes, that His face shone as the sun, and His clothes were bright with light. Just a picture of His glory. And it says in Luke 9 verse 30, This vision, it says, And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, when I think of death, I don't think of me as accomplishing much, uh, as far as me accomplishing something in my death. But that's not the case with Christ, because through his death, he would accomplish much. He would save all who repent and trust in him. When his hour finally came to lay down his life on Calvary, he was arrested, he had been falsely accused, he was condemned to die on a Roman cross. And something very significant happened at that time. It says, for three hours, the sun did not shine. The whole earth was shrouded in darkness. This supernatural event where it's dark on the earth, but it's noon in Jerusalem. So from noon to 3 p.m. in Jerusalem, it was dark, and there he hung, asking his heavenly Father, forgive those who had condemned him, who had killed him. The darkness. We read about this darkness in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, if you want to turn to Luke 23, 44, we can read of this together, because it's really significant. You talk about light being brightest in the darkness, well, Jesus came into a dark world. And on that cross, he shone as the light of the world. Luke twenty-three, forty-four. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened. The veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. So for three hours, there was darkness. It's like the sun took a bow, stepped aside for a a few hours to draw attention to the light of the world, Jesus Christ. To give honor to the Savior who had come. To shine so we could have life. And it says that people gathered together to see that sight. They came together and saw him and the centurion said, Man, this is a righteous man. How Jesus just laid down his life. On the day of Christ's birth, it says there was great joy. And people who loved him, they mourned his passing. It said they beat their so like ah, Like he was a good man and now he's gone. It's all over. their, Their dreams or their hopes of Jesus being the Messiah were dashed because there he is, dead. What hope did they have? And yet, three days later, after he was laid in the tomb, he rose from the dead, and angels in shining garments in the darkness of the morning said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's risen as he said. So we see his victory over sin, over death, and that he has the power to give eternal life to all who trust in him. I'd like to close with John chapter 1, starting in verse 11. We know that God has given us His light through the Bible. We read this in Psalm 119, 105, which says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word illuminates the truth of God. Who God is, what He's like, how we can know Him, what pleases Him, that He has sent a Savior to free us from our from the curse of sin, and in John one eleven it says of Jesus, the light of the world, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No matter the season, light, it reminds us of the true light. When we see the sun shining in the heavens, the stars, the moon, it could be an LED light, incandescent, mercury, halide, it doesn't matter. Whatever light that you see, it's just a shadow of the true light. It's a representation of the light that will never grow dim, that will never fade the light of the world, Jesus Christ. It's that flashing light, Jesus on the cross, that gets our attention. It's those angels and that star that went before the wise men that says, hey, look, I'm showing you the way to life. I'm showing you the way to liberty. And the question is, will we follow that? those signs? Will we heed the light that God's given us? Are we walking in the light of our conscience. And God, He pro- provides direction for this life through His light. So let's, let's draw near to Him. Let's adore Him. Let's behold Him. Let's recognize that He is the light, the true light of the world. And may His truth illuminate our hearts and cause us to rejoice in the light of the world, this indescribable gift that God has given to all. Let's thank Him. Father, thank You for sending Jesus to be the light of the world. Thank You for Christmas and all that it means that we celebrate God coming to earth as a man and God choosing to be a sacrifice to die so we could live and live forever. What a gift You've given us. Father, I pray that You would minister to our hearts and we would see our need to be children of God and to live like children of God. May we Follow your instructions. May we thank you for this life you've given us and that you, you have such good plans for us. Lord, I pray great blessing upon everyone that's in this house this morning that we would hear from you, that we would have fellowship with you, and as we meet with family, with friends, as we relax during these holidays and the new year, Lord, protect, provide, and guide. Cause us to take a step back and to think on these things and all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.